Welcome back to the Quest 1160 AM Atlanta Catholic Radio. You are listening to Celebrate Your Faith Spirit Drive. We are interrupting regular programming in order to raise the necessary funds in order to keep Catholic Radio strong in Atlanta. If you would like to help us with that, then the number to call is 678 688 Four five four nine. Every time we do a local pledge drive, we also get to invite in great local guests. And, and our next guest is Father Kevin Peake, and he is the military chaplain for, um, and he's in residence at All Saints, right? So you're yes, a military ma'am. chaplain and in residence at All Saints. And we know that all good things begin with prayer. So would you start us with a prayer? Amen. Father God, we come before you this afternoon and open our hearts and minds to you to enable you to guide us and fill us with your light. Make us into the sons and daughters you've created us to be and enable us to reflect that light into a darkened world. We ask you to guide our voices and our thoughts this afternoon and direct them to those that need them most. We ask this through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. 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 Wow. All right, so a few housekeeping things before we start into the actual interview part of it. Um, We have this bell here, okay? All right. We get to ring this bell for certain reasons, and you're the one that gets to do the ringing. Excellent. It's kind of a celebration whenever we ring the bell. We ring it if we get something called a founder, and we have had several people who have called in as a founder today. A founder is $100 a month for 36 months, okay, um, or one time $3,600, or they can break it up any way they want to over three years. All right. um, they get their name on a plaque here at the, the station, and forever they get bragging rights that they're a founder of Catholic Radio, and you get the honor of ringing that bell every Very time we good. get a founder. So we want to say thank you to Julie, to Julietta, to Denise, to Janet, to Betty, to St. Bridget's Men's Club, and to Michael. And he is moving that close. He is moving it real close. And you know, he's moving it so far that I can't even slap his hand if he reaches for it when he shouldn't. So we got to get a whole lot of founders because he wants to ring the bell. <laughs> Come on. So do I get to ring it now because no, of them? No. No. Oh. no. We already rang it for all those. So okay. you, you got to do your own work. We need you know, some more. Then. you got to do your own. Okay. So 678-688-4549. Every founder also gets a gift from the Quest, and that is an Echo Dot. So if they call in and they make a pledge in that um, area, in that amount of money or more, um, we don't limit it to $100 a month, then they will get the Echo Dot. All monthly donors will get a book of the the hour. Um, So we'll give all monthly donors that. And all donors, no matter the amount, get a Holy Card of St. Gabriel, who's the messenger, and he's the patron of Catholic Radio. Um, Each day, we're also going to have a daily drawing at the end of the day. So everybody who's donated in any amount goes into a drawing to draw out for a blessed rosary that comes from a holy pilgrimage site. Awesome. Um, So we will do that. We also want to send a shout out, I think I forgot to do this last hour, to Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A provided us with breakfast this morning, and it was awesome. It was really, really, really good. It's Chick-fil-A. It can't help but be awesome. (laughs) Exactly. It's true. (laughs) And this particular one is from 1185 Woodstock Road in Roswell, Georgia. So if you are are feeling hungry, maybe you're getting off work and you want to go through a drive-thru, come on over to Roswell, get your Chick-fil-A, and then come visit us here because we're really close um, at the Quest. So, um, But in the meantime, pick up your phone and give us a call at 
4549-688-4549. Okay, so enough of the housekeeping things. Um, we're talking with Father Kevin Peak. And wow, you I haven't even hardly introduced you and you're already getting calls. What the heck? Woo! All right. Amen. So you can probably tell us more about this. Um, it says Mary is pledging a hundred dollars in memory of Father Kevin's brother, Father Joe. Amen. Mm, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, not not awesome that we don't have Father Joe anymore, but awesome that she wanted to donate donate in his memory. Amen. Um, and so this, this being the season, uh, he, uh, the anniversary of his death is uh, in two days from now. Oh, so uh, oh. yeah, we can get in that in a minute, I guess. But uh, did you have something else you wanted to get to first? I was just going to ask you to share with us your vocation story and. Uh, what uh, brought you to the priesthood and then to the point where you're sitting across from me? What bigger honor can you get than to be on the microphone with Quest Radio? Amen. <laughs> Amen. This is a joy. This is a joy. And i uh very grateful for the opportunity to be here um, to share my vocation story. You know, that's, that's one of the greatest things, uh, you know, even when we speak about a married couple, you know, tell me how you met. You know, uh, it's always of interest, especially to, you know, those who are still on the path seeking and, and journeying, uh, maybe with questions of their own, uh, that they want to know because hopefully it helps them and inspires them to sort out their own uh, reflections and, and impulses and begin to uh, know which way they should go in responding to God. I, that, that was a question I had. The echo dots we give away, mm-hmm. do they have a direct link to God? Well, you know what? I, my understanding is it's pretty doggone close because you can say who's the founder of the Catholic Church and it comes back Jesus Christ. There you so go. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty doggone good. And, <laughs> and you know what? I won't even take Quest word for that, but I, it's a good word. Um, I, that, there was actually a Dear Abby column several years ago hmm. where somebody was asking about that. And, and you know, historically, the evidence all points to uh, that Christ is the founder of the Catholic Church. And uh, I, I just encourage people to look that up but uh but as far as my vocation story which christ is the founder of that too um (laughs) i um i was told uh that when i was younger uh that uh, i had made statements about wanting to be a priest um and i do remember when i was serving at the altar uh, at mass or at benediction or whatnot i do remember having thoughts that that would be kind of a cool thing uh, but I also remember that as soon as I realized that girls really don't have cooties, right? Remember that? Yeah, circle, circle, I, dot, dot, I, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, got, I've got five boys. I get it. There you it. go. I get it. There yeah. you go. Once I discovered they really don't have cooties, uh, I thought, why would anyone want to be a priest, right? Uh, so I, I kind of went on a another journey at that time uh, and began to really consider marriage. And I got to say that uh, I think it's a very normal and natural and healthy thing um, that if our young people are not stru- not struggling necessarily, but not striving, let's say, to discern uh, a distinction between those two or, or the call between those two, um, I-, I think it's a very healthy thing to do that. Uh, as somebody once said, if you haven't thought about marriage then you really ought not be thinking about a religious vocation or, or the priesthood, right? Because the two of them are complementary. And I don't mean that in the sense of, you know, giving somebody a compliment. I mean that in the mathematical sense of 
two angles that complete each other uh, into the 180 degrees. So they complement, they complete each other. They reflect back and forth to each other because in actuality, the priest is married. Right? We are married, and, and a lot of people, when you tell them that, they automatically say, oh, yeah, 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 you're married to God. No, the priest is married to the church, right? Because if you look at the scriptures, Christ presents, well, even prior, throughout in the entirety of Old Testament revelation, God presents himself to the people of Israel as their spouse, Right as a as a husband to his his uh, bride as a bridegroom pursuing and courting Israel and trying to woo them back, and then Christ appears in the Gospels and incidentally works his first miracle at the wedding feast of Cana. Right, and all through his parables, we find repeatedly uh, him presenting aspects of marriage, or uh, you know, even even the even very subtly, one of my favorite uh, subtle ones uh, is the parable where he uh, of the talents. It's told in two different gospels, and in one, uh, the the king or the master, uh, it says he goes off on a journey. Right, uh, one I think says to be made king. Uh, but the other one, it says, he goes off on a journey to take a wife, right? Just so subtly, it's thrown in there, you know, but but again, when you think about the role of Christ and him coming and giving us the talents of grace in our lives, and then he has now ascended into heaven and gone to what? Be made a king. Oh, yeah. And to take a wife. Because if you look at the book of Revelation, it presents the uh, kingdom of heaven as the wedding feast of the Lamb. So you have all that, and that's just a short synopsis of the entirety of Scripture. But I tell people if, uh, you know, if you understand marriage, you'll understand salvation history, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, a, it's a decoder, it's the uh, Cliff Notes if we say uh, of the, uh, of the scriptures is marriage. And so it's very important that we uh, see that. But, but as I said, the, the marriage complements the priesthood in that uh, the priest now is a stand in for Christ until Christ comes again. The role of the priest is to stand before the people of God in the person of Christ uh, by his grace uh, as an instrument of the Holy spirit to teach and lead and protect and guide and uh, do all the things uh, that the role of a of a father and a husband and a family does, uh, but in a non-sexual way. And so, uh, you know, we are married to the church and we are raising the family of God, and that's why we're called father. So, yeah, it's very important that we uh, have that uh, time of discernment between those two. So I went on my little journey to see if God was calling me to marriage. And, uh, and I kind of really hoped that he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm going to interrupt uh, you. I yeah. hope he was, because I just got a note walked into me that all donations this hour. So up until uh, 4.57 when we go to break, or 5.57 when we go to break, all donations will be matched by an anonymous donor. So Wow. Yeah, if you call in as a founder, that's wow. going to be $7,200 
for Catholic Radio. So um, that it, is it great doesn't tell news. me a dollar amount, a top dollar amount. So I'm assuming it means all. So um, I guess they'll tell me when it's over. I don't uh, know. We, we should <laughs> we should ring the bell just for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Okay, we should ring it for this. So let's hear it. We Uh also have a message for you. It says we want to give a shout-out to Mike. Um, He's a caller. Mike called in the last hour. Okay, so Mike wants to give a shout-out. Mike called this afternoon and became a station founder. And here's the reason why this is not so exciting this is this uh, golly holy cow you've been going since 7 a.m we'll give you a break thank you i appreciate it here's the reason why this is so exciting for us mike is not catholic and said listening to the quest has been instrumental in his faith journey and he wants to become catholic we had a monsignor on the air who will be reaching out to mike personally mike you know who you are you made our day. You made my day. I'm telling you Amen. what. Can we stop and just say a prayer for, for Mike and for all those who Most are, are being led to the church founded by Jesus Christ? Amen. Lord God, you created the family that you love so dearly and serve and, and sustain completely. And your desire is that all men be saved and that all be one in you. Even as you are, as, as our Lord Jesus Christ said, one with the Father. We pray, Lord, for that unity. We pray for that reunification of your family that has suffered so much. The divisions uh, of history, really the divorce in the family of God. We pray, Lord, that you would cast out this spirit of division and that you would bring back by your grace and your love, by your humility and your mercy, by your compassion and your passion, the reunification of your family uh, through all these individuals, one person at a time or whole groups of them at a time, Lord, that we can see and represent to the rest of the world what the family of God really ought to be and ought to look like. Mm. We ask this through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. 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 And, uh, you know, Mike, you've got a good Catholic name, I'm telling you. That's right. So I, That's I'm right. Really, you know, I've got two Mikes in my family. I have a son, Michael, and I have a son-in-law, Michael. So so Mike is a, a great name around our house. So Patron saint of the infantry. Exactly. And the airborne. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And the, the is it police or firefighters? Yeah. Which one yeah. has them? Yeah. Uh, probably police. Yeah. Florian is the uh, firefighter. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, 678-688. Four five four nine six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. We are talking with Father Kevin Peak. He is the military chaplain for all, and he is also in residence at All Saints. But he is the the military chaplain um, here in Atlanta. Yes, ma'am. So, so uh, serving with the Georgia National Guard, I did uh, I did four years of active duty service uh, from two thousand eight to the end of 2011 uh and um served out in colorado springs with fourth id who i tell you fourth id guys and um did two tours uh one in afghanistan and one in iraq um then uh around 2011 uh really began to pray and discern the need to uh 
come back and uh, get back to the Atlanta area, which was difficult because there was no more. uh, They closed Fort McPherson and they closed Fort Gillum. So there was no more active duty bases right here in Atlanta. The only option I had was to go back to either the guard or the reserve. Uh, I chose the guard because uh, the National Guard actually has combat troops. Um, which many people don't uh, realize, uh, whereas the reservists are more uh, sustainment. And so uh, join the National Guard for the uh, for the action and the fight. And uh, we still have um, from Georgia right now, we have uh, about 4000 soldiers over in the Middle East right now, mm. uh, even though our main job is to guard the homeland. Uh, and so we uh, we we're the ones that respond to all the hurricanes and natural disasters and whatnot across Georgia. Uh, we've been kept pretty busy the last couple of years with Matthew and Michael and Irma. Uh, I don't think we yeah the other one was out in Texas so that didn't hit us too much, but um, yeah so uh, working with the National Guard and loving it um, was tempted for a little bit to go back to active duty, but uh, just really enjoying the opportunity to serve my country here at home, my state, uh, and be close to my family. So I, uh, I full time over at, uh, what used to be, uh, well, Timonian people is Dobbins air force base. Uh, but on the backside is, uh, clay national guard center. It's the army headquarters here in, uh, the state of Georgia. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So we have a message and this was actually, um, for the previous hour and it says, uh, we want, and I, I may butcher this name, I apologize, Alice Schwartz, to know that Father Henry, who was on the hour um, right before this one, um, got her prayer request before he left, and, and he will pray for her. Um, at, she asked that we pray for her at Seton Hall, that she makes it through medical school, and, and it she directed it towards Father Henry, and he Amen. did get that request, and he will pray for her. So Amen. we just want her to know that. Okay. Father Henry's a great man. Uh, I lived with him for six months uh, when I first got back uh, and uh, stayed with him uh, down there in Noonan, beautiful town. Uh, but uh, the drive to the prisons that I was working at at the time uh, and the drive to uh, come up here to All Saints and take care of my brother was just getting uh, uh well, I want to say ridiculous, but you know, that's every drive in Atlanta. Uh, so, uh, they moved me up to all saints and, uh, uh, I left his uh, rectory, but I really was glad to see him and, and reconnect with him, uh, right before the show. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Okay. So we are talking with father Kevin peak. He's the military chaplain, um, with the Georgia national guard. And he's also in residence at all saints. And we've been hearing a little bit about his vocation story. We will continue with that vocation story. Um, but we would love to get the phone lines ringing. We are at $42,679 so far for today, trying to get to that $50,000 mark. So we ring the bell. We can do that with a founder and we ring the bell Let's do it. Let's do it a whole lot. Let's just get lots of founders or lots of people at any amount because many hands make light the work. So it's really whether you can give monthly, whether you can give one time, whatever amount. Sometimes it's just a matter of getting your toe wet. You know, you just really give a little bit and then you see 
this is really a good thing. And you start listening more because you've got some money invested in it. And it's now your station instead of the station. And really, that's what it takes. So really, just just step out in faith and give us a call at whatever amount that you can give. And the number to call is 678-688-4549-678-688-4549. Talking with Father Kevin Peak, and we're going to pick up with his uh, vocation story. Well, just building on that, on your uh, remark there for a minute, remember that every donation this hour is being matched. So mm-hmm. we can get to that 50000 real easy if uh, somebody would just, uh, many of you would step up and uh, give what you can. Yes. Um, so back to uh, back to my vocation story. I actually, uh, when I graduated from high school, uh, I wanted to be a Marine uh, Harrier pilot. My dad was Navy, my sister was Navy, my brother was Navy. Uh, so I wanted to kind of stay in that family, but I always wanted to take things a little bit further. Mm. So uh, I was going to go Marines and become a pilot like my dad, uh, but flying those uh, Harriers are pretty cool planes. Uh, so I had a Navy uh, ROTC scholarship to Georgia Tech, and everything was taken care of. So I was pretty much gliding through that summer in between, uh, waiting for orientation and school to start. And my parents decided to send me on a pilgrimage to Fatima, Portugal. And uh, I tell them that that was the most expensive pilgrimage they ever sent me on. Because when I got back, well, at the end of the pilgrimage, uh, we were invited to go to confession. And uh, I probably made the most profound confession I've ever made. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I'd ever lied or, or, or avoided confession or whatever, but I really had spent time throughout the pilgrimage and retreat reflecting on, you know, where I was at with God in my life and whatnot. And, uh, and so I made, as I said, the most profound confession I've ever made. And at the end of it, the priest turns to me and says, have you ever thought about being a priest? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. You just heard it all, right? You, heard <laughs> you it just all. <laughs> heard my soul bared wide open, you yeah, know, everything yeah. that's wrong with me. Yeah. And um, and I got thinking about it. And he said, you know, I want you to go pray. And uh, one of the great things about the three children at Fatima was every time Mary appeared to them, and she appeared to them several uh, once a month from May through October uh, in 1917. Every time she appeared to them, uh, the children would ask her, what do you want of us? So the priest kind of gave us the instruction to go pray uh, there and ask, what do you want of me? Mm-hmm. Well, every time I prayed that prayer, all I heard was be a priest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I came back mm-hmm. to the United States and I told my parents, uh, well, I'm giving up my ROTC scholarship uh, and I'm going to pursue uh a Catholic college that was very, uh, uh, been very near and dear to our family. Uh, three of my sisters had attended there, uh, at least at one point in time or another. And, uh, so I didn't have the money to get there my first year. Uh, I went to another, uh, Catholic college and on a half scholarship because it was just uh, readily available. But as soon as I could, I transferred, uh, back to the original, College of my desires, which was uh, Christendom College in uh, Front Royal, Virginia, mm-hmm. and a great, great school. And I, I wanted to kind of you know just put a bookmark there for a second. You know, Christendom started off a, a, only in the 1970s. It was a brand new college uh, in the uh, early to mid 1970s, and my dad ended up on the board, uh, which is how my sisters ended up going there. 
But uh, it started off much the same way as, as the quest, mm-hmm. right? It started off with just simple donations. You know, people who had said, you know what, there's so much going on, especially in the college culture of our nation, that they said, you know, we, we've got to do something to push back. We've got to do something to bring light into the darkness and transform our world. And just mom and pops, uh, family donations, a little bit here, a little bit there, matched once in a while. Uh, but across the line, across the years, it has, you know, picked up steam and, you know, the, the kind of the moss on the stone or the, or the snowball rolling down the hill, you know, you just see it getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, and it's, it's a, a very successful endeavor now and, and doing great work for God. And I see the quest hopefully following in the same footsteps. Um, but, uh, but I ended up at Christendom College and there in my sophomore year, uh, I met a young lady who, uh, was a freshman and after, uh, going through orientation together because I had transferred in, I had to go through orientation again. Uh, we became very good friends and, uh, that became then the, the next phase of my vocation story. But I think you've just got some cards there. Do you want to throw love out some you. stories? They love you. They love you, father. They absolutely love you. Okay. So this person is a shout out from George and Carol, um, says that, that you are an example of your, your priest. The example of your priestly service has inspired their marriage, and thank you for your dedication. Amen. Mm, Amen. Well, so George will uh, be out to your farm again, hopefully sometime soon. Uh, so good. <laughs> I love it. I'm just guessing from the, those names uh, who it might be. <laughs> you know, and, and I love this part of my job is to see all of these messages come in for priests, and it's been happening all day long. That one especially resonates with me because I hear so often from priests the way that we can really support you is to live our our vocation in a holy way. Amen. And 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 I that was so that one really does resonate Amen. with me and and I would just encourage all of our listeners because you know he's given of his life. Father's given of his life um in order to to help make us holy and help us to get to heaven. So when we call and say thank you for helping us to have a good marriage that means so much to him. Amen. Amen. All right. So, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, no but worries. that's what I hear. No that's what I hear very often, <laughs> and and it really does resonate because I don't really think most of us think about it in those terms. And and so, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, George and Carol. They get it. So they get it. And and thanks for sending that Amen. in. Okay. So this is also a donation from Christina M and Dominic in memory of Father Joe. Amen. All right. And then this one, uh, Kathy says, we are so proud of Father Kevin. And when the military is through with you, we want you permanently at All Saints. And I'll show you the last name. So. <laughs> love it, Kathy. Thank you so much. I love it, too. I do. Okay, so 678-688-4549. Love the messages for Father. If you can make a donation when you call, that's awesome. We need your donations in order to keep Catholic Radio on the air. If you can't do it right now or you've already done it or whatever, just call us anyway because we really want to support Father because he's here supporting Catholic Radio. So please give us a call. 
Amen. All right, so we'll continue with your vocation story. Yeah, we got to and- speed it up a little bit, or we're not going to talk about anything else. <laughs> right, <Woo! laughs> right. Well, and and you know, going back to your point about uh, marriage and and the complementarity of it, uh, you know, again, George and Carol, if it's the couple, I think they are uh, a great witness themselves to to us, and and you know, living out and raising their children in such a beautiful and and wonderful way. Um, but uh, but. In in my, then my sophomore year at uh, Christendom, I ran into this young lady, Kathy, and uh, you know it was one of those moments where we built this really strong friendship. In fact, I thought she was dating my roommate. Uh, he actually said as much. Yeah. Uh, he, he believed as much. Uh, but uh, so you know you have the rule, right? If your if your roommate's dating somebody, you stay away, right? So uh, we just became really good friends, and she became someone that I could really uh, open my heart to and and talk about some of my struggles and challenges with. And uh, in the midst of that, um, there was a, a school dance, and uh, at the end of the dance, I they announced the last song. So I turned to her and I said, "Well, there's Matt. Y'all take care." I'll, I'll uh, see you later. And I walk off the dance floor and head back to my dorm. And the next day she comes up to me and she goes, what was all that about? And I said, well, you guys are dating. You know, I figured the last dance, you'd want to spend it together. And she said, we're not dating. Uh And at that moment, I was like, why have you told him? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so that opened up an opportunity. And and our very first date uh, was kind of cool. They... There was a group that met on campus every day at 4.30 to pray the rosary together. Well, that had been a staple in my family growing up. We had every day after dinner, as soon as the kitchen was cleaned, we would move into the living room where uh, we had a candle lit and we would kneel together and we would pray the rosary uh, for our family and for our country, for our world. Um, and it was it was just a great reminder of home. Not that I was homesick or anything like that, but but it was just a great tether to all of my foundation and formation and history. And I just loved it. So that was at 4.30. So our very first date, we get in the car. I borrowed a car from a friend of mine. And when I turned the car on, the clock on the dashboard came on and it said 4.30. And I kind of caught my breath for a second and she noticed that. So she said, uh, what? Well, I'm not going to lie to somebody that, first of all, I'm not going to lie, hopefully, right? I'm, I try very hard not to. But to somebody that I want to build the rest of my life with, I'm certainly not going to lie. So I kind of put my head down because as a college male, it's kind of embarrassing to tell somebody that you pray, especially a girl. So uh, I kind of just mumbled something about, oh, I, I usually pray the rosary in the chapel right now or something. And I pull the car, I put the car in reverse and start pulling away. And she stops me and she says, well, we could pray. Mm-hmm. And it had never even occurred to me that that might be something, you know, she would be interested in doing with me or that couples might do together or whatnot. So I pull the car back in and uh, 
put it in park. We get out and we walk the campus, a beautiful rural campus in Virginia. We walk the campus praying the rosary together. From that moment on, every time we got together uh, for a date, we either you know started off with, uh, I don't know if it was a holy hour, but at least a holy half hour or the rosary or mass or something. There was always prayer involved. And we had a special prayer to uh, St. Maria Goretti for her intercession uh, to ask God for the grace of chastity in our lives and to maintain that and, and, and preserve that throughout. Um, she was a great example and a great uh, inspiration to me uh, to living a, a holy and beautiful, pure and chaste relationship between a man and a woman. Um, and with that, then, uh, the rest of our relationship, we, we dated uh, pretty much for the next four years. The rest of our relationship uh, became part of my experiential formation for counseling couples, both uh, in preparation for marriage and living out marriage. Uh, having the experience of watching my own parents uh, in our family of 11 children, uh, having the experience of watching many of my siblings and other families uh, and married couples that I know, but also having that personal experience of this relationship uh, was valuable in helping me to counsel uh, couples. I got a friend of mine, a chaplain with me in the National Guard, and he saw that I'm going to Houston at the end of the month to do a marriage retreat out there. And he came laughing into my office. He's, he's one of our Baptist chaplains. He's like, what do you know about marriage? And why would people want to fl- you to fly to Houston to talk to them about marriage? And I said, well, you know, Jesus wasn't married. And he knew a lot about marriage, you know, and Paul, he knew a lot about marriage, you know, so uh, it, it, uh, it, I told him, I said, Mar- knowing about marriage is knowing about love. That's it. If you understand sacrificial love, the generous and consistent day in and day out, uh, laying down of your life in thought, word and action for another, then you're going to do okay. You're going to get marriage. You're going to understand it, but you have to work that out in the, in the practical dimensions of our lives. I tell all my couples as I'm preparing them, I give them a crucifix and I tell them, if you ever wonder what you're supposed to be doing, right? If you're in a situation and your, your spouse is saying X, Y, Z, or your kids are saying something, whatever, and you're kind of confused or lost for direction, unsure of what to say or do. I said, look at the crucifix. Whatever that looks like in this moment, do it and everything's going to be fine, right? So uh, living that sacrificial, generous love. And that, again, comes back to the priesthood because what do priests do other than sacrifice, right? If our life isn't one of complete sacrifice, then we're not really living our priesthood correctly. Uh, You know, we start by sacrificing family and you know spouse and family we start by sacrificing those comforts and that uh, uh community and that support in order to be fully available to our people right uh and and it just takes off from there everything is meant to be just as a parent to the family a life of sacrifice a life of uh of interruptions a life of service a life of uh a response to the next need of the moment uh and and living that out faithfully and completely uh makes for a good priest and makes for a good spouse and parent 
Um, so we uh, we continued to date, as I said, but uh, uh, she ended up going to another college. She ended up on uh, some academic probation, not because she wasn't uh, smart enough for the school. She was brilliant. Uh, it was just that both of us were spending a lot of time uh, ministering to our peers who were all in need of support or guidance or encouragement or whatnot. And uh, so she, we were very similar and very kindred spirits, uh, but uh, her uh, ministering to her peers uh, ended up uh, distracting her from her schoolwork. She went on to graduate from uh, Villanova. So, like I said, she's mm-hmm. not a not a, a, a less than smart person. She was right there, but um, but with that, our our paths kind of uh, became a little bit disjointed. And I was waiting for her to graduate from college before asking her to marry. And in that time, spending more time with God. Um, I began to feel that pull on my heart again of God saying, okay, we talked about this. I want you to be a priest. And so I had to take that journey again. Uh, and that led me to Mount St. Mary's seminary, but kind of under, uh, I don't want to say false pretenses, but imperfect pretenses. Uh, and we can get into that in a minute. If you want to run us through some, uh, Cards or notes or anything we got here? No cards right now, so let's get the phone lines ringing. 678-688-4549. Come on, we want to ring the bell. We haven't rang it in a while. Exactly. He's got it right over there with us. We got to do this. We can do it if we get a founder at $3,600. We can do it if we get somebody who calls in or a whole lot of people that call in to combine. Um, We need $6,771, I think. Something like that. Um, boy, these odd numbers here make me have to really work at the math. Um, but uh, just give us a call, whatever it is. We'll let the Holy Spirit take care of getting us up to where we ring the bell. Wow, though, we have had 92 donors and seven founders. Founders That's are awesome. donors, too, but, you know, it's just a separate sure. separate section. That's a lot of people who have said, yes, they, they want to help Catholic Radio and mm. uh, help it stay strong. And, and I know there's going to be more this week. And, and so I want everyone to know we are truly grateful. I know I keep giving out the number again and again and again, and that's because we know that the bills are tremendous. Just the electricity alone for a 50,000-watt station is mm-hmm. a lot of money. And so, you know, if we look at the, the $40,000, we know it's a lot, but it's not enough. So we won't come to you, hopefully, until another six months or so. Um, our goal is to raise enough money, this pledge drive, to sustain, sustain us until the next pledge drive. And they'd like, here in Atlanta, they'd like to only do it two times a year. And so we could really use your help, though. And then you get to go back to regular programming. As fun as it is to have our own great guests on the air, you know, we go back to regular programming. You get to hear your favorites, Teresa Tamio, Al Cresta, Dr. Ray Grandy, um, Dr. David Anders, whatever your favorite show is. Back to that on on uh, Friday. You get to to go back to regular programming and enjoy your shows. We got to make the most out of the time that we're on the air and interrupting regular programming. And uh, I get to come in from Kansas City and uh, talk about Catholic radio all week and receive blessings. And I feel like I'm on retreat all week. Um, so, but we need your help. We got to make the most out of this time. So really, just stop and think. You know, am I? I, I, I laugh when I say it. Am I being called to call? Are you being called to call? Is the Holy Spirit prompting you to pick up the phone and dial 
888-447-4549 and donate at whatever level that you can give. There's somebody out there that can give the full amount to get us up over 50000 and let Father ring the bell. If you are a person who has that ability, give them a call. They'll figure out exactly what it is. It's a little bit over $7,000, around seventy or $6,500. Um, so if you can do that, just give them a call. If you can give the $500, give them a call. If you can give the $1 that gets us to an even four seventy for $43,470 to make my math easy, then give them a call. Whatever amount it is, give them a call. 678-688-4549. It really is a, a matter of, you know, I think of it, you know, we're all called to be fishers of men, right? You think of the scripture verse, fishers of, fishers of men. So I think of, of Quest Radio as a huge net, mm-hmm. this big mm-hmm. net. I mean, we're talking 50,000 watts worth of a net, right? Mm-hmm. But it's made up of a whole bunch of individual knots, that's K-N-O-T-S. Right. And and that's really what each of us are. When we donate, we help to, to make that net strong. And, you know, if one of those nets is, if one of those knots is, is frayed, then we're not going to catch all of the men that we could. And, mm-hmm. and so we really want to, to be able to, to evangelize through these airwaves and have the potential 3.1 million listeners hear the truths and the traditions of the Catholic Church and in many cases get the misunderstandings, the things that they think they know about the Catholic Church that aren't true. That that are yeah. inaccurate, yeah. and we can we can get those things corrected, and we can get truth because our our secular media it's not giving it to us. It oh is you gosh. know it's it, you know it, it's so true. I mean, there's no way to put it nicely. It's not just at all. in many ways it's not just out all. and out lies. In other ways, it's just uh, you know leaving out some of the important facts so that yeah. you know we think something that's not true. Um, and, and, you know, it's important to have a station if to, you know, to give for no other reason than to have a station that we can trust without second guessing. Yeah. And, and so really, I, I just encourage all of our listeners to really consider what can I give in order to keep this wonderful station? Carol, you know, she had the message. I don't mean to steal her thunder, but I don't think you won't mind if I tell it, will you? You know, she had the message that she came in behind me, so it was, it was providential. But but the message to go and feed the poor. And so she looked around and tried to figure out what poor am I supposed to feed, Lord? And then I think it was Janice that, that gave you the a, 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 a good friend. Okay, a good friend that said, you know, that's right. you know that that said with what friends about the like spiritually that. poor and so <laughs> that's great. what we're doing with catholic radio is we are feeding the spiritually poor mm. and there is a whole lot of us i i'm the first one on that list that that had needs to grow spiritually and i do it every day with catholic radio and i think i'm a pretty good catholic but i still find ways to grow from the messages of Catholic Radio. And I think all of our listeners can too. Sometimes it's in big ways, sometimes it's in small ways, but we grow. And the only way we can grow is if you call in and you make a pledge in order to keep it strong in Catholic Radio. So again, the number to call is 678 688 
888-447-4549. And we have another message for, for Father Kevin Peake. He is our, our military chaplain for the Georgia National Guard. He's in residence at All Saints. And they this person, Susan, and I'll show you the last name, is saying, we love Father Kevin just as we loved Father Joe. Oh, that's, How cool is that? That is, I am grateful for that. Um, I, my brother was an amazing man and, uh, for the, I mean, we didn't touch on it yet. I'll just share briefly. Uh, he was a priest here in Atlanta. He actually was older than me. He was five years older than me. Uh, but I happened to be four years older, a priest, uh, simply because he did his military time before he went to a uh, seminary. So he, uh, he got started, uh, several years later, but, um, but he became a priest, and uh, right before he got ordained, he was diagnosed with leukemia, and he lived a a priesthood of just intense struggle and and suffering, uh, battling his leukemia, and then later on, uh, the effects of a bone marrow transplant, uh, the the graft versus host that took over after that, which left him susceptible then to MRSA and to skin cancer. Mm. Uh, which, I mean, it was just one struggle and battle after another and uh, really living the passion of Christ right there in front of us and uh, ultimately uh, succumbing, as I said, um, uh, March 14th, uh, 2016. So, uh, but uh, throughout it all, he continued to minister. He continued to reach out. Even when he couldn't get out of bed, he was ministering through Facebook or through the phone or whatnot, just supporting people, encouraging them, praying with them, and just modeling the love of God for everyone. And uh, he was a brilliant uh, mind. Uh, he could see connections and analogies and you know messages behind things and connect dots in ways that were just astounding. And I've always said he was much smarter than I am. Uh, and I just was grateful to uh, to be his brother. He was, as I said at his funeral, he was he was um, he was really a nerdy dude in high school. Mm-hmm. And I spent my entire high school trying not to be his brother. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to you know play down any kind of connection. Uh, but then the last few years of his life, you know, I just uh, all I wanted to do is be his brother because mm-hmm. uh, he was such a great guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and obviously many people thought the same of him and of you. Well, as I said, praise God. So you were saying earlier, you know, they love you. They love you. I I hope they love Jesus. (laughs) And I I hope they're just loving Jesus through whatever humble ways that I'm able to present him. Mm Um, that's, that's my goal is just to, again, to demonstrate and reveal to everyone the love of God. Somebody asked me ultimately, they said, you know, what was it that really, you know, finally flipped the switch and, and, uh, uh, encouraged you to become a priest. And I said, well, uh, you know, it, it didn't happen in one moment. It was across time. But one of the biggest moments I think was I was actually studying for a philosophy final at Christendom college. And, um, it was about two in the morning there were three of us in this room together and, you know, we're discussing the philosophical principles and whatnot that we had been studying and that we were going to be tested on. And I just sat back and I looked around the room and I thought kind of around the four corners of my life. And I sat there and I said, you know, if somebody came into this room and said, I was going to die tonight, 
it's been a great ride. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked around, I said, I've been loved and I knew it, right? I was surrounded by love. Sure, there were tough times, you know, in the family growing up and whatever, but I knew that I was loved. I knew that I was surrounded by that love. And the very fact that, you know, my parents were sacrificing to get me to that college uh, and the experiences I was having there, the understanding of God's love, you know, for me through all these people, through all these experiences and everything else. And, And at that moment, I realized there's a lot of people out there who've never experienced the love of God. You know, they've, they've heard it, but, but they may not believe it or they may not have encountered it. They just don't believe it exists. They think it's a fairy tale, you know, whatever. And I became in that moment that this compulsion began to grow in my heart to say, people need to know the love of God. You know, and if I was so content in that moment to say that my life could end tonight and I'd be fine, I'd be cool with that, then why not? Why not end my life in that sense by giving up all my dreams, goals, desires, future plans, you know, whatever, and allowing God to use me as his instrument for the rest of my life to whomever was most in need to whoever came into my field of reference, you know, or the, the, whoever came in front of me and, and needed to know that love of God, you know, that was, that was kind of the, the seedling that began to grow strong. So I, I did go to, uh, I did go to seminary, uh, as I said, kind of under imperfect pretenses. I went there kind of with the Abraham Isaac, uh, a scenario playing out in my head that here I was going to put my, uh, girlfriend kind of on the altar of God and offer that up and that somehow God was going to interrupt it and say, no, you can have her back now that I know your heart, you know, so forth and so on. And that didn't happen. So, uh, uh, I actually ended up leaving seminary for, uh, various reasons. There was a, uh, her, her dad died in a car accident and it was, uh, it was very tragic and I was back in the family in very emotional circumstances and the tug of my heart going both directions was just too great. So I left seminary for a year, but out through that year, uh, again, several things happened that just demonstrated without a doubt that God desired me, uh, to fulfill his call and become a priest. And so I went back to seminary and this time I stopped by uh, her family house and I told her, you know, this time it's for real. Uh, this time I'm committed. And uh, so I went, uh, went to seminary and finished in 1998 uh, and uh, been a priest here in the diocese ever since it's been, and it's been just one incredible journey of, of the love of God uh, and, and just uh, seeing it, reflecting it, teaching it, uh, sharing it uh, in, in every opportunity that I can. And I see the quest as being a, a another extension of that. You know, we've heard a lot of stories throughout the day, uh, remarkable stories of people being touched by the uh, the radio station and its ministry and the message that it proclaims and the people that uh, are, are here to proclaim it. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, I, I meet parishioners all the time. I meet people all the time who are always, you know, excited to tell me some story about someone that they reached or something that happened to them that was just miraculous or something that was game changing and life changing for themselves or for someone that they were working with. And 
you know, they, they can't wait to share that story because it is so powerful and it is so meaningful and it just reveals how God is still at work in the world today. And my point is this, is that by joining the quest, you could be a part of that story every day. You can have a story like that every day because you make this possible, you make this happen, and people are being reached and people are being touched. We know uh, you mentioned earlier about the media and how uh, the, the secular media can be so divisive with its lies. If we're ever going to bring unity back to our world, uh, but even beginning with our families, with ourselves and God, uh, with our churches, with our denominations and everything else, starting at the core and building out, we need a voice like this speaking clarity and truth throughout our community, uh, as you said, to, to first and foremost, wipe away the lies and the stories and the miscommunications and the misunderstandings and bring in the truth so that we can operate from you know, a common base in our conversations and discussions. So I'm really excited about the quest, uh, being here in town. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, um, I'm just going to go out there. We, we had a donor this hour who was going to match every donation that was made. Well, um, you know, life's been a little tight for me as of late. Um, uh, you know, got a lot of, uh, irons in the fire that I'm trying to support and minister to, but I'm going to go online right now and I'm going to say, I'm giving $3,600 wow. over the next, what is it? 18 months, three, three years, three years. Oh, oh I even got more time. All right. hundred dollars <laughs> a month for the next three years. I'm giving that. So whoever's matching, you just got punked. No. All right. Well, we hit. <laughs> Because we got to get the camera in here. So oh. we're going to get the camera in here, oh. and then we're going to ring it again. I was too fast. No, that's I was awesome, too fast. because now you get to ring it twice. So that's a, well, that was right. just a trial run. There that's all go. it was, trial run. <laughs> you get to ring it twice when you're the donor. I mean, my goodness. I also want to say thank you to everyone who's called in. Um, while you've been in the hot seat, we have had uh, Dan and Monique. We've had Marion, uh, Mary. There's a, there's a theme going there. Um, I'll... Alice, um, Eunice, Christy, Christina, Susan, and Dorothy, who all called in, and now Father Kevin Peake, who called in. So we need a camera. Can we uh, can we tell them to, to bring a camera over, please? Uh, guys, out there, can you ask the person with the camera to come in here, please? Um, okay, so we're going to take a picture of Father because he became a founder himself. And so we want to, to take a picture of him ringing the bell. We only have about three minutes left. Okay, so we're, we're going to take a picture with her camera. So here we go. Woo! All right. Okay. All right. So that's awesome. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Father Kevin Peak? Do you go by Father Kevin or Father Peak? Whatever one? people are more comfortable okay. with. Whatever, whatever gets the uh, message first, and not me. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And you know, we've been—it's been a great hour. It has been a it's tremendous been hour. I understand why so many people are calling in for you. Thank you for giving of your time. Thank you for giving of your treasure, and uh, thank you for sharing with us about your wonderful brother too, because. You know, Amen. what an impact that's had. You know, sometimes it is the suffering that that brings others closer. You Amen. know, it's our, our visible suffering that, yeah. that may bring others closer. Well, if I could give a quick shout out as well to uh, two of my sisters. You know, you speak about suffering. Um, four years ago, um, two of my sisters lost full-term children. Mm. 
-hmm. on the same day and that day's today. Mm -hmm. So for all of you out there who have suffered the loss of a child um, or are going through that right now, uh, just know that again, God loves you. He has not abandoned you. Um, he has not forgotten you. These are hard times. And uh, I hope that uh, others are reaching out to you with the same love that my sisters received. Um, but know that God has a plan even now, uh, as painful and difficult as it is, that uh, fruit will be born. Uh, children will be renewed and born again. And uh, lives will be touched uh, and, and, and the message of Christ will be heard through all of these situations. So, uh, please God, uh, to my sisters and to all those who, uh, may be suffering, uh, he loves you. And would you mind leading us in a prayer for your sisters and yes, for all those suffering in that way? Yes, ma'am. Lord God, we thank you for just the gift of life. You know, St. Paul says we should always be thankful and it's difficult sometimes to be thankful, especially in such a painful and difficult situation. But we turn to you trusting uh, that even now uh, you are doing something. You are building and directing our lives and the lives of those around us in a way that we cannot even fathom, but in a way that mirrors the passion of Good Friday uh, before the, the resurrection of the Easter Sunday. We ask you, Lord, to surround all those who are suffering and in pain, be it from uh, the loss of a, a child, the loss of a loved one, the struggles of cancer, uh, all the uh, pains and difficulties that we find ourselves in, uh, in this world and in this life. And we ask you to raise them up and carry them to the finish line uh, in the spirit of light, in the spirit of hope and understanding, in the spirit of trust in your promises, and that you will deliver for them, in them and through them. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 The Father and Son, the Holy Spirit. Okay, one, right. one more. One more. It's uh, this time. It's Deacon Doug and Patty, and right. they say we love you and we thank you for your life of service as a priest. And uh, I'll let you see that you know who it is, but I'll let yes, you see sir. the last name anyway. Yes, ma'am. All right. So you know we we do need to go back, but I just want to say I want to piggyback on what you said, or to reiterate, I guess is the better word, what you said, because we have you sitting across from me as a wonderful holy priest, because you were willing to say, what do you want of me to God? Amen. And then to give him your yes. And that's really what we're all called to do, is not to say, this is what I want, God, but what do you want of me? And then be willing to do it. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we talked earlier about silence um, with, uh, I think it was with Father Tim. Um, but but it's just so important that we really take the time to 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 try and find out what do you want of me, right. and ask that question daily, daily in our own lives. And uh, you know, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's really painful. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's joyful and we get you as a, a wonderful priest. Um, but uh, that's, I guess that's the message of the hour, at least for me, is the fact mm -hmm. that you said, what do you want? What of do you me? want of me? Mm -hmm. And I still ask it today. It's kind of neat. Uh, you know, now the challenges, the answer I get is to be a holy priest. So mm -hmm. still working on that. Keep me in prayer. 
you know, I, I think you're, you're, you know, we all always have room to grow, but you are well on your way. So thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. So we are going to go to a break. The number to call 678-688-4549. On the other side of the break, we welcome our last guest of the day. And that is uh, people from Blessed Trinity High School. So stay tuned. <laughs> 